0: maybe like the fact that you've been doing some uh film festival stuff
1: yeah yeah definitely definitely so welcome back to the cultured curators my name is rabia
0: my name is Ben.
1: Uh, this is a warmer opening than our previous episode uh, the Edo of fun time. Uh, but <laughs> that is because we actually have sort of a plan maybe for this episode to have, how do you feel about it Ben?
0: I don't know. Plans are chaos. They're a little bit it's like, oh, we've got an idea of what we're going to do, but that never works out. Like we're...
1: <laughs> true in, in, true we're, we're two
0: chaotic entities just trying to surf the internet
1: it is true i mean you follow the uh, doctrine of dionysus and i am a uh, avid worshiper of kalima who together are very chaotic entities or they are gods of chaos if you may um but let's jump into this theme that we've set for ourselves uh, for for this one uh media that we're consuming because we have a lot of interesting stuff that we watch. Um, you know, maybe we're reading something that's interesting. Maybe we're, I don't know, watching something in museums that is interesting. Maybe yeah. we've discovered something that's interesting and we want to share it. So yeah,
0: this this is kind of like, I, I think we have the idea that we're going to do this one over and over again, like whatever we've been up to and whatever we're excited about kind of kind of vibe like, yes. hey, guys, here's here's a little focus on what's out there right now and what people are talking about.
1: Exactly. I, we don't have a name for it yet, but probably by the end that this will have some type of name for it so that you know this is a reoccurring type of episode where we just check in like hey what are you watching what are you checking what do we what do we recommend to people
0: we'll we'll get to that like hey robbie what's going on like what are you doing in the world
1: (laughs) this is our our attempt at normalcy
0: yeah what's what's pickling (laughs) your pickle today like
1: uh ooh (laughs) and then pickles um yeah. So for me, it's been interesting. Um, I don't know. Ha- have you participated in any online festivals, Ben?
0: I haven't. And I feel so left out because I see everybody's having a great time at like Fantasia Fest and like no. Con Happened. And I was like, that that looks like a lot of fun. I would like to do that. But like, uh no, I didn't have any access. But I hear that you have.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, we First of all, we need to get you some access. But second of all, yes, um, for uh, a few of the other platforms that I write or speak uh, for, um, I've gotten some press accreditation for, uh, amongst others, Fantasia Fest, JC 2021, and I think New York Asia Fest or Asia film festival that i'm bad with names i'm really bad with it the new york asian one in any case and uh i i think i watched over 55 films in the span of like three weeks or something good lord apart from like the regular media that i consume so i was still watching my regular anime my regular reading my mangas weekly Um, getting a book in every now and then, and doing work, like other work. Um, I don't know how I do it. I'm neurodivergent. I have no clue. This is how I live. However, there were some super interesting titles. Um, The ones that really jumped out to me were titles like Hellbender, which is made by a family. So it's actual mother and daughter playing um, a mother and daughter duo, uh that this are descendants of witches and uh, it's done so raw and so uh, direct uh and it's based on all kinds of mythology um and I've done a really interesting interview with the makers as well so the dad was the one filming or directing uh, the mother is the one who wrote most of uh, the script and the mythology behind it. And the daughter was basically the main character of the film who was still interacting also with her mom. And they're also a punk rock group together, which is super funny. So there's music in there. It's It feels kind of like a, a story very similar to um, Carrie or uh, Ginger Snaps. Oh, wow. It's this girl who lives in the woods with her mom. Um she's kind of like sheltered, not not kind of, she's very sheltered actually. She's been told she has this disease, she can't interact with people or with, you know, pools or just go anywhere because her her illness will either kill her or affect others. Um And you said and this then-
0: is a, this is a musical?
1: No, so it's not a musical. There uh, is musical elements in there because she's she lives so sheltered. She's being homeschooled by her mom, but her mom is trying to give her some type of entertainment um, through this little band that they have together. Uh, but you found out quite quickly uh, while watching the film that there, you know, that there's something more going on than meets the eye. So um, the mom is keeping a secret. And that has to do with something supernatural going on with both of them. Uh, well, that's so, definitely really definitely definitely definitely. So just think of the things that I like relate to it, like raw carry and ginger snaps, um, and then an an indie film beautifully shot by an actual family that play uh, a family or the mother daughter play mother daughter in in the movie as well and uh yeah definitely I
0: i'm yeah. looking uh on the variety and apparently before it even premiered at fantasia fest it, um mm-hmm. shutter uh the mm-hmm. streaming service already had uh, uh snatched it up so yeah uh, yeah that that's true. Like it'll be coming out pretty soon
1: mm-hmm. it is gonna release on shutter i think by the end of this year or the start of next year i'm so
0: excited i mean you know there there's a lot of unfortunate things about this past year And half and a half of like everything shutting down but like i you know you hear about something and then all of a sudden it's like it's it's popping up to become accessible in a world where it's like difficult to get access so like you know there's a little benefit there people are able to to start getting exposed to these kinds of things a little faster i think
1: yeah and just accessibility in general right because i'm i'm disabled and it's not easy for me to travel around the world to go to all these festivals and what this whole weird situation in the world has uh created a situation for me that i finally get access to festivals that i've been waiting to get access to uh but it could not because of the travel restrictions that i face um and now finally, all of these being virtual and being um, more lenient of who they allow uh, to their virtual spaces um, has opened so many doors for me.
0: Yeah, I'm de- I'm definitely excited about a lot of that. That's, you know, the, the more of us can get out there and enjoy it, enjoy ourselves the better. And this is like bringing it to us, so. Cheers to the definitely. people who are doing the hard work and and making digital festivals a thing.
1: Oh, I yes. Know. Amen to that. Uh, definitely, definitely.
0: Another, another so, thing, um, uh, mm-hmm. d- just simply because we are talking about that uh, mm-hmm. and big films and things becoming accessible, uh, I want to pop in real quick with uh, The Green Knight. Uh, did you get to Ooh. see this yet?
1: I have not. How um, do you feel about it?
0: Well, I, I got to see it in a theater um, uh, in New York City. Uh, I feel decently safe because the theaters are taking uh, solid precautions as mm-hmm. well as our uh, the city's population tends to favor uh, being vaccinated. So uh, mm-hmm. overall, and people, people wear masks uh, on average way more than in a lot of parts of the country. But yeah. um, uh, I got to see it in a theater. But A24 after, I don't even know, I think they were supposed to put that movie out like very early in the pandemic. I think it was supposed to come out like, march or april of 2020 yeah and uh, so they did a little run in the theaters well worth seeing in a theater if you have the opportunity it is beautiful and uh to allow for it to become immersive um and kind of uh, escapist is helpful but seeing it at home also a solid option um uh they did a little run where um for a single day a24 kind of like allowed for people to stream it and obviously like Mm. You know it's not like a film festival format but like I know HBO had a big deal with a lot of the the big releases like Dune and Suicide mm-hmm. Squad and and mm-hmm. um, a lot of films kind of went into that platform there's still a lot of other independent films that are kind of like figuring out that middle ground of how to stay profitable and you know that was I thought that was just a, a curious and interesting thing that they had done
1: yeah definitely Definitely. And I still haven't seen it, unfortunately, because where I live, so you're in the United States, I'm in the Netherlands, which is in Europe. um, And there are differences in release dates and rights and distribution rights. Um, uh, So unfortunately, it's not available to me yet. Uh, However, we do have Candyman released here, which is interesting. Yes 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 you can so,
0: go on with that that I, i'm excited about that
1: oh okay so um important thing about watching *Candyman* man because uh it is a monkey pop production so it's it's produced by jordan peele not directed by jordan peele it's directed by nita costa which i am really really excited about because she's also doing the marvels movie which is going to be one of the um, uh, the team-up movies, or it's the sequel to Captain Marvel, uh, but it's gonna be a team-up movie with, amongst others, Ms. Marvel, who is Kamala Khan, who is the first Muslim Pakistani uh, Marvel uh, main character uh, to be introduced back in 2014, and now finally getting a live action version uh, of it. And especially in the time that we're currently living in, having a Muslim Pakistani girl muslim pakistani uh, american girl uh specifically turned into a main character um uh, superhero is is insane uh but back to Candyman because what nia da costa did with Candyman is very interesting um they took a myth uh it's, it, it's very important that you have seen the 92 version of Candyman before you watch this movie by the way there's a lot of uh throwbacks or like references back to this film that are important they they do try to fill you in as best as they can so if you haven't seen it you're not completely lost but there are some big cues um throughout the film that if you have not seen the 92 version you'll miss um Uh, what they've done, what what they've done with this movie, uh, which is very interesting, is that the Candyman mythos, especially the way that it was built, that the 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 um, you know the the one that Todd portrayed in the ninety two version, was kind of whitewashed in that movie because Candyman uh, would never kill a black person uh, because it is a curse that has, um, that, that was born from a black man innocently being killed by black white people. And that cycle being constantly being repeated on the same place in time. Um, and this generational curse being uh, perpetuated uh, constantly through systemic racism. So it went from slavery to segregation, to um you know uh, police violence uh you know etc like the 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 um, uh, civil rights movements etc etc um you know projects uh, um, gentrification all that pain um, is is accumulated into this curse into this generational cyclical curse that is candyman so Candyman would never attack its own people because this curse has been born, from all this pain being inflicted in, onto innocent black people by uh, white people in America and they they rectified that in 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 this version of Candyman. So they rectified that also with in mind uh, the 92 version and they did it in a non-judgy non-, finger pointy way like oh look at us we're going to show you something super woke right now it's done in a subtle way like there are things that happen in the movie that make sense if you're POC or BIPOC you're like this is something that would never we would never we would never make a choice in a horror movie to go this left path we would always go this right path and Nia Costa and the writers of this film Really kept that in mind. There are no stereotypes in that sense in this film.
0: I love that. So, I trust Monkey Boss so much in their production and and their yeah. taste that like I go I'll go along with anything that those folks get behind for sure. And I love the original Candyman. Like yeah. what a I mean you know for its time like with all mm-hmm. the other slathers that were out there, it just it stood out as as just like one of a kind. And oh yeah the be my victim like uh
1: Tony Clyde Todd's Parker. voice
0: oh yeah oh. Tony Todd woof make sure you go sure. ahead no I'm <laughs> just saying I'm, I'm making sure I put the notes in that like so people can like hey go click on Tony Todd's profile go check this guy out because like yes incredible and like early on uh I know that there was a whole lot of hope for mm-hmm. Tony Todd to return into this film uh mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty sure that's not a spoiler to say that that's in the trailer right like that he's around but anyway I don't yeah we don't need to dive too much into that but Tony Todd uh, envisioning the the Candyman the Clive Barker um, Mm. characters and nuances of those everybody obviously knows pinhead like these are really cool well researched strange Mm. variable monsters and Tony Todd brings this guy to life like no other
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, t- just to, to to temper everyone's expectations, though, Tony Todd is not really in this movie. Uh, <laughs> so if you go into this movie thinking that the Candyman that you're seeing is going to be Tony Todd, I am sorry. You will be sorely disappointed.
0: Oh, you've, you've you've ruined me for all the other cats. I'm Ten so points sorry. for anybody in the comments who can get what that's a reference to, okay? If you know what <laughs> that is, you've ruined me for all the other cats is. Ten points to you.
1: Uh, <laughs> and send us a tweet if you uh if you know this this reference oh, yeah. at the cultured pot uh on on twitter um no no so it's but it's not a bad thing because it fits with the story they're trying to tell so okay. i'm not okay. gonna say he's not completely in the movie i'm not gonna say he is in the movie significant let's just say that the way they built out the character of Candyman. And like I said, this generational pain, this cyclical um, reappliance of trauma on Black people, Black men specifically in that particular part of the States, um, it, it's very uh, important to, to, like it. it it's, it's the main part of that story of how that mythos works, what the mechanics are, of this particular uh, contemporary, um, uh, yeah, black urban myth.
0: I'm so very excited for that because, uh, yeah, like I said, I love the original. I have my theories about what's going on in this one, and I want to, mm-hmm. I want to see how uh, how far we get with the, yeah, you know, obviously, okay. I want to guess and be right. Yeah, we'll get there.
1: Well, if we can do an episode once you've seen it, because then we could just like I would love to to dive into this deeper with you and all the. Okay. Uh, you know subtleties, and maybe there there are. What goes few, over my
0: head? I did
1: that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. And there are a few things that I noticed that were like small inconsistency, but I feel they are forgivable for the overall um film that they've produced in general because the cinema like on a technical level it's gorgeously shot um you know the narrative is interesting um they've worked on the mythos like i said and they've put so many different like there's a multimedia aspect to it as well a mix a mixed media aspect to it as well that makes it very interesting so
0: i think i'm I'm, something that is really interesting about the time that we live in right now there was all there was a time where um remakes and sequels to beloved franchises were really looked down upon i think yeah uh after after the the big um uh american remakes of japanese horror films in the early 2000s like we started to get some really declining quality films for a little while and i think it put bad taste in people's mouths like i know the we yeah. did Hills of Eyes and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and mm. lots of things like that. And whether you like those things or not, the the time that we're in right now um, as millennials are uh, uh, adults with purchasing power and fan fiction has been a part of millennial culture for such a long time. Because as people developed communities on the Internet, millennials were like right at the forefront of all that. And mm. I think there's an ex- uh, uh, an embrace of sequels, remakes, reattachments to beloved franchises in a way that uh, is is seen in theater quite often, and I've always appreciated. We we, we see Shakespeare getting done all the time a million different ways, and it's the artistic representation of these stories which adds so much value to it. So to mm-hmm. see a beloved character like Candyman, get another representation, get new visuals to it, get some um, added uh, variables to the mythology and get applied to our current social context. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very happy to be in a world where we're doing things like that. Things like Hannibal. Like, yeah. you know, Anthony Hopkins is incredible. Like, we all cannot deny that that film is is important. Nor Manhunter. Like, all yep. the iterations of the Hannibal character that existed and Mads Mickelson is is praised and loved and they don't diminish the value of anything that came before so yep. for people who have hesitance for seeing sequels or remakes or anything in that fashion like this is a new thing like your expectations don't have to be completely connected and if there's fan service to the old thing like you know you're in on the joke you're in on the the know-how like yeah. Go go along for the ride, just let your store your characters get a a little bit more life in a retelling.
1: Exactly, exactly. That makes me actually curious though. Have you heard of um the uh Cowboy Bebop live action remake? Ooh, ooh,
0: yeah, that's great. Okay, cool. So, I have heard about <laughs> it. I'm very excited cuz Cowboy Bebop is, is um very influential for me growing up. Mm-hmm. Um uh, obviously this is a perfect precious anime. This is like such a beloved title and I have such high hopes Mm -hmm. for it. Um, I do think that um, we have had uh, some instances where anime uh, in the live action sense uh, feels campier than um, it necessarily should. There's a, there's a series, there's a few directors that I really, really trust with bringing um, a Western mm-hmm. sensibility and an Eastern sensibility together like Guillermo del Toro. Trust mm-hmm. him with my life. The Wachowski sisters. Trust them. Mm-hmm. They they know how to touch it. Um oh gosh. Uh, Battle Angel Alita, who directed that? That was Robert Rodriguez, right? Yes. Like yes. the sensibility of anime. Uh Taiko Watiti, I, I know that Taiko Watiti had uh the rights for Akira for a little while. Don't yes. think that's coming. But uh mm-hmm. I, I, I trust Taiko watiti <laughs> know what the what's what on on anime i think he's doing flash gordon now or something
1: yeah but yeah um, so yeah um, go on (laughs) oh no so uh, the 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 thing is because cowboy bebop like you mentioned is is so prolific and it's, it's Influence so many different things um, from our generation that we grew up with stuff like Firefly, for instance, or just that whole feel of this ragtag group of antiheroes with specific, you know, character tropes um, that we've come to love over the years. A lot of those uh, you know, result, they were born from Cowboy Bebop. Like, you know, a lot of these makers watching Cowboy Bebop. And um, it, it, it's influenced anime uh, uh, for forever because Cowboy Bebop was, you know, it was accessible to a general audience. You had, I think it was one of the first uh, animes to have a non-binary character in there as well.
0: I, I, there's definitely some non-binary characters in there. Um, uh, yeah. there, there's, there's two of major note, and, uh, both will be in the film. Um, yeah. the character of Gren, which, um, for me as a young non-binary person was probably one of the first characters that I mm-hmm. identified myself with and knowingly knew was non-binary. Um, yeah. um, there's a wonderful quote from the Gren character that I am both in neither. And that kind of sat with me for a very long time. Um, uh, and then Ed, uh, the character of Ed, um, mm. the, the variables of Ed's gender are often, uh, part of the, the story, like the, even the parent parental figures in Ed's life are like, mm-hmm. I don't know, are you my son? Are you my daughter? I'm, I don't know. Um, and I, I don't know if you saw this, but recently, uh, the writer when asked about, about Ed's gender, yes. um, the writer's like, does not matter? Right? Nobody yes. Cares.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, and, and and keeping that vague actually kind of already answers that you know Ed is n- gender nonconforming in any way, um, and they you know they don't need that question answered. We don't need to know what Ed's gender is to enjoy Ed as a character in Cowboy Bebop. So I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, if anything, like uh, the the influence of this science fiction western noir um with uh incredible taste in music if you haven't watched mm-hmm. the anime please go back that's that is part of your culture homework oh, yeah. go watch cowboy bebop um, <laughs> yes it's it, yeah I, i'm just happy to to get more of it
1: just give oh, me yeah. more and, and it's gonna be john Cho playing spike spiegel the main oh, character he looks,
0: he looks so good in the costume too
1: yes at first, I was on the fence. I was like, mm, do we need a live action? Do we need a remake of something so beloved at all? Because we've known in the past and Netflix have fucked up when it comes oh, yeah. to live action remakes a lot. They fucked up a lot. It's, I mean, meme Death at we point. Death Note
0: and Full Metal?
1: Oh, um, yeah. Let's not even talk about the hate crime that is Death Note. That is considered I, I, an I heard- actual hate yeah. crime.
0: Haven't seen it, but I mean, I do want to. I do want to. I do want to know what Willem Dafoe as Rook sounds like. I have to. I'm gonna watch it just Mm -hmm. at some point in time, just to have that, because Willem Dafoe is bae.
1: (laughs) Don't watch it on your on your Netflix. Watch it on someone you hate. Oh, that way I don't get
0: all horrible. uh, live action. uh, Yes. All right. Yeah, but I mean, uh the whole like should we should we even touch this franchise thing mm-hmm. like cowboy bebop came out in 1998 like yeah we're 24 years later like a yeah. whole lifetime of humans have existed and possibly <laughs> have been exposed to <laughs> cowboy bebop like yeah if if this is the gateway to be like oh you should have seen like they see this and they're like i like that and then they're like no go watch the cartoon you'll love it even better yeah give it to me i want i want i want my beloved things to be part of the zeitgeist
1: That is true. I mean, I do. I would love people, especially young kids, to to watch something that has the literal quote in it of Spike Spiegel saying, I I want a woman that will actually kill me. Uh, uh I mean, that is one of the most quoted (laughs) Spike Spiegel quotes right out there. I want a woman that will actually kill me. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever happens, happens. Also, Spike Spiegel quote, by the way. Um, Okay, so from this, uh, we have, so that's still coming up. We haven't seen it yet. It is coming up on uh, Netflix, so by the time that, uh, you know, a a definite date, probably somewhere halfway September, October, November, something like that. Once it's known, it will be blasted on the interwebs, so please do check it. If we have a, a a date for it i'll put it in the the blog section of our culture curator website which we have a website now um if you're like they're talking about a lot of stuff and we need links to this trust me a long form version of that will be uh, in the blog section so each each episode if you're like i i need links i need references we got you it's on the website theculturedcurators.com
0: if there's anything that we can facilitate in you going down a horrible rabbit hole of hyper-focused specificity, <laughs> I think like we're just gonna make sure you got links. You can follow the links. Like you can mm-hmm. listen along, pause the podcast, go into the moment where we start talking about uh, Candyman and then like go down the monkey paw and all that jazz. Like yeah. find out more about all these things that we talk about. Cause we, you know, we got a little bit of uh, background on some of these things. They're familiar to us, but we want them to be familiar to everyone.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, what else have I seen that I can recommend? Because there's so much. Oh my god, there's the sadness, um, by oh uh, Rob Jabaz. Yeah, I, want yeah to, oh, so I actually spoke to the director, Rob Jabazz, and um, it's it's amazing. It's extreme cinema, but it doesn't go as far as far extreme cinema so it's not a trauma or a atros or a um what else you have like a a serbian film but Mm -hmm. it it teeters that line like close enough um if you're familiar with the comic book uh, crossed by garth ennis um which is a gruesome uh, comic book, by the way, <laughs> not for the faint of heart, uh, definitely in the extreme section. Um, it's about the the world gets uh, hit with this virus and the people who are affected by this virus are called the crossed. And. Um, and uh they have no inhibitions they start cannibalizing people they start uh sexually assaulting people they start ripping people up in pieces in the worst imaginable ways the sadness is an interpretation of that but then in taiwan so and it's made during the pandemic so it's kind of also inspired by that as well oh, it's wow. it's uh you know a virus that comes in it makes people go batshit insane. Um, and uh yeah the city is being like this this country the city is being taken over bit by bit and horrific shit is happening (laughs) and yeah they go places they really go oh but i loved it so much they go places and it's done like there is some sexual violence um but the the interesting thing about it is that even though that the director is male he's done it from a not a particular male gazey perspective which is super interesting so all all the violence that is happening is is not justified but it makes sense in in a type of way because of how men think or how the perpetrators are being portrayed, so them moving into that next step makes sense.
0: And this is um, this is Rob uh directorial debut, from what I understand, it right?
1: Is, it is.
0: Oh my gosh, what a uh, what a hell of an entry to to start running! Because if you've seen the trailer, which like yeah. that's where all my interest comes in. I saw the trailer. I think it was, um, uh, which festival was it? Uh, it's Fantasia that it just played out, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah um so like i saw the trailer for that and then i'm like oh my god i'm so excited and and it's also thai horror which that's yes. like there's so much good thai horror coming around
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's insane um i think they even just just today i got a press release saying that they even won an award uh at uh, fantasia let me just check real quick voice of silence the south korean film won an award and um the sadness won an award for hold on give me a moment uh and uh, the moment i'm looking for it <laughs> uh, uh new flesh award yeah I think that's, a that's a
0: hell of an award. Yeah, like, that's a yeah that's it. award please
1: <laughs> the, yeah so the best film for, in the new flesh award for debut film went to the sadness by rob jabazz and um the special jury mention went to beyond the infinite two minutes which i want to mention after the after this one because that also blew my mind love that movie so so much um and that's a japanese movie but yeah no uh they uh the, they're saying here they uh, were pleased to present the sadness with the new flesh jury award, and it's basically for debut filmmakers. They their jaws, the jury's jaws dropped to the floor, and they were incredibly impressed with their slickly produced rampage of gore.
0: That's incredible.
1: It is a wild ride that doesn't, and that is true. This movie does not have a dull moment from start to end
0: it look, it, look, it looks like it's got that kind of train to Busan type of uh hyper hyper yes. speed like uh this doesn't yes. stop
1: yeah yeah it it's narrative structure wise it's 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 um it's pretty much the same there is this quote unquote an antagonist um like in train to Busan, you have the guy in the train there's some something similar to that in the sadness as well and it's also you have a few characters that we focus on whose journey journey we follow follow. through all this craziness
0: yeah I'm, i'm super excited about that
1: yes and then well like i mentioned before beyond the infinite two minutes this movie oh my god it's a science fiction movie it's shot in real time, so one take,
0: okay and
1: um the concept it's so it's kind of like one shot of the dead um, uh, feel wise, like mood wise, but it's about a guy who lives above a cafe that he owns and he finds out that through his computer he can look two minutes into the future, okay so by the time he goes downstairs the stuff that he saw while he was watching the computer upstairs is the stuff that's take place he can talk to himself two two minutes in the future all right
0: and this and starts
1: chaos. yeah so this starts this loop and again this was shot real time one take so it's amazing how they did this because they had to choreograph the stuff that was supposed to happen two minutes in the future before it takes place, but already interact with it as if it's already taking place.
0: That sounds like an exceptional strategic uh, problem to be able to to handle in a film production,
1: yeah, because li- because it's one take, the stuff that we're seeing with the character in the computer screen, is the stuff that they actually have to perform live once they walk downstairs and start that loop, so and it's not a, pre-recorded.
0: This is a feature or short.
1: It's a fe- no, it's a feature, and it's mm. amazing because, I mean, at one point, other people get roped into this loop. Um, they start. They bring the computer downstairs so that they, they can imme- more immediately interact with it and and look four minutes into the future and then start testing how far they can loop that in and how far in the future that becomes. Oh my gosh! Yeah.
0: And this. Uh, who, do we know who the director for this is? Off the top uh, of yes, head?
1: sorry. And uh, the, the director is Junta Yamaguchi. and it's it the filmmaking it's mind-bending basically because again like everything that looks pre-recorded was not it was performed live and then edited into the screen later on oh my gosh yeah and luckily at the end of the film they show you a little bit of how this is done but Oh, uh, and it's so much fun. There's so much stuff happening. Just like, like I said, uh, tone-wise, it's very similar to One Cut of the Dead, because you have this ragtag group of friends, and in this case, they they you know discover this science fiction time loop type of thing, like this future loop that they try to manipulate in a way to <laughs> to eventually help them, but then it goes all wrong.
0: I love things like that where films try to accelerate the format where they like are very much where I mean I think an average watcher of a movie is like okay cool there's a story and I'm watching a story but like we forget that it's a series of pictures in sequence through time with sound. Like, and there's a lot of manipulation that can go into that kind of thing and heightening it by recognizing what your variables are and kind of playing with it with, oh, okay, cool. So we can shoot this all in real time and do some, some tricks to kind of subvert your expectations and play with the format in a new way that you might not have, uh, experienced before. I think, um, yeah. uh, there are directors who are very good with doing things like that, like, uh, Gaspar Noe and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, oh my gosh, why is his name escaping me? Irreversible. Uh, uh,
1: uh, that is Caspar Noe, right?
0: Uh, oh, and irreversible. Memento, Memento.
1: Oh, you mean, Memento. Oh, you mean uh, Christopher Nolan.
0: Christopher Nolan. I think like yeah. Christopher Nolan likes to play with that, and he's probably the most accessible yeah. director uh, of those kinds of things, of mm-hmm. saying, okay, cool, so the sequence of time and the narrative structure are things that need to be mm-hmm manipulated a lot and like you see films like *Tenet*, you see films like um uh, memento and yeah. uh, and inception and it's like okay cool like what's what are the variables of how you perceive this and let's play with it um gasper noe does a lot of those weird tricks and camera variables mm-hmm. and uh, adds graphic text to films which often you don't see mm-hmm. um and this sounds like uh from what you're telling me like there's a degree of production intelligence that uh accelerates Mm -hmm. the format and elevates it
1: yeah no definitely the only difference is between the the two examples that you mentioned and uh yunto yamaguchi is that this is far more accessible um
0: -hmm. this is
1: done in you know without any highbrow cap on um, this is the, like you see the love of the labor. It's it's low production, uh, low, um, it's indie production. So there, there is high production value in a way that it had to be hacked together. Um, and that's, it doesn't take away from the experience, but it gives it a little bit more warmth and love than a blockbuster uh, movie like uh, *Tenet* would have, or you know, okay. a, a, a larger creator like um, uh, *Gaspar Noé* uh, has with *Irreversible*, for, for for example. So. The difference, you you see the love of the labor in there because everyone in the crew is helping out making this happen. And that's why I'm saying that it's very similar to One Cut of the Dead where everyone is part of the choreography and trying to figure out, okay, I'm holding a thingy now so that the shot matches what we need to do in the future and how we said it's going to be. Mm. <laughs> and it's it's amazing. It's heartwarming even.
0: I think um, and, of *The Dead* also like reverberates that idea of that yeah. like elevated filmmaking kind of yeah. variable. This exactly. it's a little bit more punk rock, punk rock DIY in these cases. Yes, like, yeah. Yeah. highbrow, Christopher Nolan's very like uh, uh, mm-hmm. accessible pop culture and yeah. stuff.
1: No, definitely, definitely, it, it, and 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 that's kind of the whole thing with it, right? It's like how much money do you have to do it and uh-huh. it, how creative can you be in doing something still so conceptual um without the same type of budgets as as a, a Nolan or a, a Noe
0: that's very very exciting did you yeah. um i don't know if you got to see in your travels a film that i'm really excited about that's coming out is um the new Paul Verhoeven film uh benedetta did you did, did you get Ooh. to see that
1: no, no, I, I did not see the new Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> I mean,
0: it's 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 coming up on the horizon. It's about um, yeah. some nuns that get into some um, uh, sexy lesbian interaction, is what it, it's, it's being
1: pitched as. I'm okay. uh, I'm okay. a Paul Verhoeven fan. I think you are too, right? I like Paul Verhoeven's stuff, definitely. He's uh he's a local. Well, he's not a local, but I, in a sense he's Dutch. Uh so <laughs> uh, I'm always happy to see uh, Dutch uh creators do well abroad.
0: National treasure. This is the uh this is the director that brought us uh such uh wonderful cinema as Robocop and Starship yes. Troopers and Showgirls. Um definitely
1: showgirls, yes. Just an in- um, a
0: very intelligent satirist, I think. Like mm-hmm. Uh, Total Recall. That's another movie on that list too. Oh yes!
1: Oh my god! Basically everything you named are are in my top favorite movies list. Anyway, so yeah, I I can definitely at any
0: time at comfort watching and be completely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's kind of how I put together my top list. Mind you, my top list is is five hundred movies long. So. But still, with the thousands upon thousands of films I've seen in my life, uh, me going back to a movie like Showgirls or Robocop or um, uh, Total Recall is it 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 means something, especially with the limited time I have to actually rewatch films.
0: Mm-hmm. It's always hard because, you know. I think we've got enough of a sense of things that are coming. So like our letterboxes mm-hmm. are full of things that we need to watch. And uh, uh, anytime I have a date, somebody's like, oh, well, let's watch something that you want to watch. I'm like, I still have option paralysis and over a thousand things that I want to watch. <laughs> so I need help.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, that I, that I feel. That I definitely feel. Um Well, let's just go through my list real quick, by the way, because we were talking about new stuff coming out. Um, Have you seen the uh, South Korean series Kingdom on Netflix?
0: No, but I have (gasps) heard good things.
1: Yes, so it's basically Train to Busan, those, those zombies, but then set in the 1600s amidst of a political intrigue war. Okay, all right. And the zombies are being used as a sort of, as much as they can be used because the zombies in um, Train to Busan are super fast and uncontrollable, but um, they're sort of being used or maneuvered um, as a political device for this uh, shadow government to take over.
0: Okay, I, I feel like that um, reverberates a bit with um, The Walking Dead and kind of like, all right, so we have this this politic and the mm-hmm. the zombies exist in this universe, but like they're they're utilized outside of the traditional like the brains, like they, mm-hmm. to the was dynamic structures of how zombies exist.
1: Yeah, yeah. Although it's it's completely different from um, The Walking Dead tonal wise, because okay. it's that high action fast paced attacks um there's a lot happening the south koreans don't stretch out stories so they have certain narratives already set before a season is started and they will tell that whole story beginning to end and not stretch it further than it needs to be because they don't do multiple seasons normally um with kingdom kingdom does have multiple seasons but that is they they had intended it to have multiple seasons uh, okay. And now there is a like a final movie coming out or it's releasing soon called um, Kingdom Ashen of the North. Um, so, enabled in order to see that movie, you have to see well the first three se- uh, seasons that have uh, have come out of the series. And it's such a fast watch again because everything's so fast paced. There's no dull moments in that series, even when there you know when there's plot going on. Um it it you just run through it uh like a zombie yourself. <laughs> yourself.
0: Love it. Binge-watchable.
1: Yeah, very binge-watchable, but do watch the series before you watch the movie because again, those are connected. I have like, to
0: um, I, like I have to catch up on so many things before I watch movies. I just I'm 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 going back <laughs> through Evangelion right now so I can watch the new Ooh. movie.
1: Yeah, was, um the new Evangelion movie is uh, part of the the reboot called Rebuilt Rebu- of Evangelion, so you don't have to watch the original Evangelion uh, series and films. Okay. Uh but you but you have to watch the new series that have come out, which is I think 1.1 1. 1.22 3.33 and then the last one is 3.0 1.01 I think. Hold on, let me just look it up real quick cuz I'm saying things now. So much math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ha- they have weird names because they're trying to distinguish themselves from the original Evangelion. Okay, yeah, so here we have them. The the first one is from 2007, that's Evangelion 1.0 You Are Not Alone. Okay. Then the second one uh, is Evangelion 2.0. You cannot advance from 2009.
0: And these are these are films. These are uh, yeah, that these separate are themselves from the actual series.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you have Evangelion 3.0. You cannot redo. Gotcha. And then the final one. So, this one is 2012. And then the final one who came out this year is Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, thrice upon a time. 3.0 plus
0: plus
1: 1.0. Yeah. And these are all called Evangelion. So, this is one series, and this is called The Rebuild of Evangelion. And this is a reboot of the original. Evangelion, which is called Neo-Genesis Evangelion, and then you have the series, the series was condensed into a movie, which is Death and Rebirth, and the end of Evangelion, um, But the series is just called Neo-Genesis Evangelion, so if you have just Evangelion, and then dot uh, odd, and a name, that's from the rebuilt of Evangelion series.
0: Love that. I'm like, and that's like for me. I'm like, okay, cool. I've missed out. Um, like, I did watch mm. the original Evangelion, and then um, uh, the Death and Rebirth the, mm. uh, film. And now that there's a few other films that I kind of just like mm. let go by the wayside, I'm like, I should refresh myself before I cr- try to hop back on this train because, mm. you know, it's it's big again. People people are revisiting all these old anime. Like, obviously, we're going back to Cowboy Bebop from earlier, but yeah. Um, the anime that was really big when I was a teenager is all of a sudden getting a nice uh, boost.
1: Yeah. And th- there are more parts now because you have the Another Impact, which from 2015. And there is Evangelion, the movie Advent One from 2019. But those are not part, as, as far as I understand, they're not part of the Rebuilt series which is the ones that start with like 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, et cetera. So there, there's like some s- stuff happening simultaneously with the Evangelion um, mythos, basically. But the the ones that we're mentioning right now that and with the one that just recently came out, Thrice Upon a Time, these are all available on Amazon Prime, by the way. Rock and roll. Yes. Um, We're
0: not sponsored by Amazon Prime.
1: Unless Amazon Prime wants to sponsor us. Like, please sponsor <laughs> us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Oh my gosh, there is so much out there. What did I see? What do I want to see?
0: Did you see Darwin's game?
1: I did not. Have you?
0: I did. I just watched it. Um. Uh, so oftentimes I more. will turn something on simply because I do not want to focus and I have mm-hmm. no vest in it and so Darwin's game was the winner this time and I actually really enjoyed it um, mm-hmm. it is an anime about uh, a young teenager who uh, gets sent an invite to an app video game
1: yeah. and
0: um, upon accepting the invite to the video game a viper uh, jumps out of the screen of his cell phone and bites him on the neck and he mm. is entered into a game called Darwin's game and uh, the premise of Darwin's game is um, you and anybody else who's playing Darwin's game, uh, have to hunt each other down and kill each other. And okay. so it has this wonderful battle royale, uh, kind of element to it. It also mm-hmm. has kind of a witch hunter Robin element uh, added to it, and I'd say a slight splash of guns if you're familiar with that.
1: Yes, so
0: I think it's got uh, a nice edge to it. It's still, uh, it's not as dark as say Gauntz or battle royale, um, mm-hmm. but uh. A lot of the cool character variables come into play. It leaves a lot of room for future uh, seasons if people end up liking it. Um, Mm -hmm. It does start out on a pretty solidly dark note, Uh, so um, be warned. It's it is uh, you know people dealing with the idea of hunting each other down. So survival of the fittest as it is. But I think uh, yeah, I think that's a a fun uh, easy watch that's out there on Netflix right now.
1: Okay. Interesting, uh, um, because this, this is an anime, right? This is anime. Yep.
0: I'm and all that... the all those references, Battle Royale, which Hunter Robin, and mm-hmm. uh, guns. Battle Royale didn't have an anime; it did have a manga and a live action um film. Um, yes. it's very similar to uh Hunger Games for for people who are unfamiliar, like the idea of like students hunting each other down. Um, Hunger Games
1: was based off of Battle Royale. Battle Royale.
0: I assumed I I'd never confirmed that by anything that I read, but I mm. uh, it was, you know, I, I had watched Battle Royale when I was a kid and had a, <laughs> had a grudge against uh, Hunger Games and still haven't watched Hunger Games because of that. I know <laughs> I know I need to watch Hunger Games just to like yeah. they are different things.
1: I, I, you can live without watching Hunger Games. You could you're better off reading Hunger Games than watching it at this point. Okay. Uh, as someone who has consumed both versions, um, I was not not impressed by the movies. Whereas the books, they go a little bit deeper, a little bit wider. They they do a lot more. Book I do growing. like that. Ex- exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, definitely, I I would recommend um, checking the uh, the books over checking the movies. All
0: hmm. right behind the times as always
1: yes 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 having time um talking about time uh do we have some some final recommendations that we want to throw out there before we uh end this uh recommendations episode
0: i don't know i think i think we've covered a lot of what, what's now and like like we said earlier like this is something that we're going to revisit i'm sure there are yes. things that we're forgetting right now that we'll get back to um <laughs> more or less because yeah. it's just what's on our mind and our current perceptive plates
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and more so uh also since we're now you know promoting our website there is a blog section where for each episode we will be you know deep linking and uh adding a lot of a lot more context or um uh, other links or related stuff to uh to the stuff that we've mentioned here
0: for sure and also uh i mean you know podcasts from my understanding which is very limited because we've only been doing this for a minute but like <laughs> interactivity on the internet helps us so like if you follow us on all the social medias twitter instagram um and any podcasting app that has a comment section comment mm-hmm. and like maybe make recommendations to us because there's stuff that gets past our radar that we don't know is out there and if you think there's something that's cool that we should like check out and maybe share with the community we're very communal entities and would love to amplify voices and visibility to, to cool things. So interact with us, maybe, question mark. 11. Oh, yeah.
1: I second that notion completely. We are on Instagram as The Cultured Curators. Our website is theculturedcurators.com. And we are on Twitter, where you can easily tweet at us at the Cultured pot. Also, all in the show notes, and uh, we'll put that on the website as well.
0: Yeah, and if you can't find us on those things, I mean, you probably know one of the two of us. Just poke <laughs> us, ask us questions. We'll be happy to guide you <laughs> in the right direction.
1: Indeed, indeed. Give us a poke. Ben is online on Twitter as at Ben Horrible, and I'm on Twitter as Arpish, R-P-I-S-H. I am um, way
0: too online, way too online. <laughs>
1: that's good you, you you can handle our our socials uh. <laughs> that's easier for me to right. pawn off to you
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's some kind of sisyphean curse at this point how online I am <laughs> I'm just like clicking the refresh button over and over again until the end of time that's that's my curse
1: uh in in the uh, social uh cyclical feedback loop
0: yeah Mm. 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 yeah Japanese. so
1: please tickle ben's uh you know uh, uh, brain uh, mass and send all those uh, interactions our way
0: yes please
1: <laughs> and that's it for this episode keep an eye on uh on your socials or our socials in this case the ones that we mentioned uh the cultured pod on twitter and the cultured curator curators on um uh instagram we have a website up and if you wanna if you like this podcast give us a follow like subscribe uh, sounds i'm starting to sound like this youtuber or you know social media subscribe follow like and subscribe but seriously I, i'm we won't know if anybody likes us we'll keep doing this me. but we don't know if anybody likes us if they don't subscribe so
0: that's it subscribe. yeah that's how you that's how we'll know subscribe subscribe.